You're listening to Joey's Totally Tech, your tech podcast. The opinions expressed by guests interviewed in our podcast episodes do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Joey Cagle, Joey's Totally Tech, or anyone associated with the Joey's Totally Tech podcast. Are you curious about the upcoming video game consoles coming out this fall? Today we talk with my friend Antonio Guerra about the upcoming PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X here on Joey's Totally Tech. Hey everyone, and welcome to Joey's Totally Tech. I hope you're all doing well. In this episode, we have Antonio Guerra, who is uh, pretty much an expert about uh, video game consoles, modern video game consoles. If you listened on the exclusives, we're also going to talk to him a little bit about retro video gaming uh, towards the end of the interview. So be sure to sign up for that if you're interested in that or you want to hear other full interviews on Joey's Totally Tech. All right, now to the interview. Hi, welcome to Joey's Totally Tech. This is your host, Joey Cagle, and today we are interviewing Antonio Guerra. Antonio, how are you doing today? I'm all right. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. So today we're going to be talking about the upcoming video game consoles, specifically the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. So Antonio, both the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X will be released in time for the holiday season. We'll assume the rumors are true for this question. The PlayStation 5 Digital Edition will be $399 with the regular PlayStation 5 to be $499. Meanwhile, the Xbox Series X will be $399 as well, and the Series S will be $299. The Series S comes out November 5th with the Series X on November 6th. PlayStation 5 is to come out November 13th. Now, these are just rumored dates and prices, not official at this time, so take it with a grain of salt. What do you think consumers should expect from each of these consoles before we get into the games? Uh, Well, as far as prices and release dates, like you said, it's all speculative at this point. Like, I've seen different prices ranging from $400 to $600 for both consoles. And obviously, we don't really know an exact release date as of yet. Um, Essentially, right now, I think with everything going on with the pandemic, obviously, there's not a lot of gaming uh, conventions or anything going on right now. You know, Microsoft and Sony, they have the luxury of controlling their own narratives. You know, they can uh, drip feed us information as they see fit. 
And I think at the end of the day, I think they're both kind of playing chicken as far as, you know, pricing and release dates. Um, you know, I've seen rumored release dates from, you know, foreign electronic sites claiming that the prices could be as high as like $600. But, um, you know, I think as far as price, I think we could expect, you know, the five to $600 range. But I think whoever jumps first you know, they're at a disadvantage because, you, you know, Microsoft is like, oh, the Xbox is going to be $500. And then Sony could be like, well, well the PS4 is only going to be 450 or $400. Right. So I think that's kind of where we're at right now. As far as release dates, I think it's a safe bet for like, you know, sometime in November, definitely before the holidays, obviously. But like you said, it's all up there at this point. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see for, you know, confirmed prices and release dates. Right, right. And I didn't have an, have this in the original list of questions I asked you, but how do you think the pandemic is uh, affecting any potential leaks? Is it making it harder for any leakers to get in, any information out there? Uh, I mean, I think it all just depends. Uh, I'm going to put on my conspiracy hat, and I feel like a lot of quote-unquote leaks that we see are planned leaks. So, you know, obviously there's things that you can't control. Like I know people have taken pictures of computer screens on buses from employees and stuff like that. But, you know, I think by and large, you know, you know, there's several different ways for companies to release information. You know, they have the conventions, you can put out a YouTube video, you can put out a tweet, you can put out a quote unquote leak, or it could be a legitimate leak. But I mean, I think with less people being seen in public, you know, those leaks, you know, natural leaks might be harder to come by. But at the end of the day, too, if you have people working from home, you know, obviously there's less scrutiny at that point from their supervisors. So you can get, I, I'd say that more internal leaks would be more likely. But like I said, you don't really know at the end of the day if a leak is real or not. So, right, right. So uh, the PlayStation 5 will have Astro's Playroom, NBA 2K21, Destiny 2, Beyond Light, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Deathloop, Madden, F- uh, Madden NFL 21, Dark 5, Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines 2, Observer System Redux, Jet the Far Shore, Bug Snacks, Rainbow Siege, Rainbow Six Siege, Godfall, Outriders, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. What are you most excited about, and which do you think other gamers are going to be most excited for as well? Uh, feel free to mention any other games that you may know about as well that I might have missed there. Yeah, well, me personally, um, I'm a PlayStation guy. Um, I've had every single system that Sony's put out since the early 90s. Um, I'm really looking forward to Astro's Playroom. I don't know if you've played uh, with PSVR at all, but I have one. And I have played Astro Bot Rescue Mission quite extensively on there. And I was pretty blown away. Like, I really feel like kind of what Mario 64 did for 3D platforming, Astro Bot kind of set the level for VR platforming. So I'm kind of excited to see, you know, the next steps that not only PlayStation VR, but the medium of virtual reality will go in the future. Um, also, I'm pretty look, pretty much looking forward to Miles Morales. Uh, I know there's a lot of stuff up in there right now. Like, is it a full game? Is it DLC? Is it a standalone, you know, side? Whatever. I have no idea. But uh, Spider-Man was definitely one of my top five games of this generation. 
Um, I've always been a big Spider-Man fan. As a kid, I was he's probably my favorite superhero. As I got more mature, I became more of a Batman fan. But uh, yeah, definitely Miles Morales. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, one thing you didn't mention was the uh, new Ratchet and Clank game coming out for PS5. Um, you know, I know with with the new uh, hardware coming out, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of attention to like load times and stuff. So loading screens are by and large pretty much going to be a thing of the past now. Now you can load an entire game world in a matter of a second or two. Like I don't know if you've seen the preview, but they're showing them like you know they're in one world and they fly through a rift. And obviously there's little tricks that you to high loading times in games, like you know going up a set of stairs or opening a door or going up an elevator or crawling through a little corridor. So obviously you're like in this little portal area for like a second, but then you're in a whole new open world but i've always been a big game a big fan of the ratchet and clank games you know just from the comedy and the animation and the really creative weapons yeah that's one i definitely miss but that's i mean that's a very awesome game for sure <laughs> and that's an exciting one i think that would be on ps5 coming up too yeah and i think uh that's just me personally but i think generally the fans they're excited to see you know what the uh what their favorite franchises like Assassin's Creed 2K and Madden are going to do to take advantage of the new technology so right right and um one of the most anticipated exclusive first party titles for the Xbox Series X Halo Infinite has uh been delayed into 2021 but we also have Fable Forza Motorsport Everwild Avowed as Dusk Falls, Psychonauts 2, Stalker 2, Tetris Effect Connected, The Gunk, The Medium, Warhammer 40,000, Dark Tide, or Warhammer 40,000 Dark Tide, Crossfire X, Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2, Scorn, and many more. Not all of those will be available at launch, though, and uh, Tetris Effect Connected, The Medium, and Crossfire X look like they will be available at launch or around launch from what I've found. Uh, What are you most excited for as far as that platform goes, and what do you see other gamers be most excited for there as well? Again, if you know of anything else, uh, feel free to mention it. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I don't really play a ton of Xbox myself, but, um, you know, I know there are um, franchises that are exclusive to the Xbox platform that you know, fans are looking forward to, you know, like your Forza and your Fable. Right. Obviously, um, Halo not being available at launch is really, I think it's really going to hurt Microsoft. That's probably the biggest game that people were looking forward to. Um, me personally, um, I'm kind of upset that Psychonauts won't be coming to PS5 because I know that uh, that's going to be an Xbox exclusive, but Psychonauts is one of my favorite games for the PS2, and uh, I've always been a fan of Tim Schafer's games. Uh, you know, except for Brutal Legend. I don't know if you've played that or not. No, I haven't. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It came out, uh, I think, for the PS3 a few years ago, and it was marketed as a completely different game. It's basically like a heavy metal-inspired... It looked like an RPG, fantasy epic almost. Actually, now that I think about it, I have I have it for PC. I only played it a little bit. I didn't get fully into the game. Well, but. it was like, it, it's it's a freaking... It's an RTS, and it wasn't yeah. marketed that way. I had no idea it was an RTS until I played it. I'm like... I don't like RTS games, and I don't like this. But as far as, other than that, other Tim Shaver games I have played, I've really loved. Right, yeah. I, from the promotional videos I saw in the game, I wouldn't have thought it was an RTS either. But yes, it is an RTS. Let's see Tim Shaver. 
Hmm. But um, yeah, the new Tetris effect looks interesting as well. Um, I've played. I have that for the PlayStation VR, and I love the game. It's uh, you know, you don't think Tetris in VR would be that exciting, but I don't know if you played it or not. But you know, each level there's different visuals, there's different sound effects, just the animation, the music is just beautiful, and especially in VR, it's very immersive, very relaxing. So oh, yeah, hopefully I, that comes to the PS5 as well. Yeah, I played Tetris Effect, the original one, a while back with a friend of mine. Uh, yeah, that was fun, a fun game for sure. Um, so yeah, uh, both of these consoles are going to have RDNA 2 GPUs from AMD, which will have real-time ray tracing capabilities. Um, I assume they'll have DLSS as well. Uh, for those of you who don't know what this is, or, well, DLSS is an NVIDIA technology, so it may not have DLSS. That's my mess up there. Uh, but for those of you who don't know what this is, it basically gives games more realistic lighting and shadows. That's the ray tracing. Uh, developers have had kind of t- had have had to kind of cheat to make lighting and shadows work in the past and ray tracing makes it easier for developers to put realistic lighting and shadows in it. How do you think this will affect the gaming experience for console gamers, if at all? I mean, I think just with every console launch or generation, it just makes the games that much more immersive. You know, I think, you know, as you, you know, as you get more and more advanced you know back in the day it was all about you know polygon counts like the jump from the ps1 to the ps2 that was pretty significant then ps2 to ps3 you know that was still good but was slightly less significant you know what i'm saying right so um i think we're kind of to the point like you know you have games out there like last of us 2 and god of war like it's essentially as close to photorealistic as you can get Mm -hmm. now i think it's more about you know your online experience it's more about you know how many characters can you fit on screen it's more about like you said with the ray tracing realistic lighting and environments um you know particle effects things like that and like i said before too like you know how fast can you load up those experiences for the gamers um i don't know if you've seen the have you seen the unreal 5 tech demo yet i have not it's pretty crazy just the lighting they uh you know it's kind of like i don't think it's from an actual game but it's like this woman and she's going through like this kind of cave temple thing tomb and just the lighting effects are jaw-dropping like it's as close to photorealistic as f- close to photorealistic that i've seen so you know i think you know eventually we're finally going to get to the point where it's just like you know especially with vr technology hopefully that advances you know we'll be in for some ready player one type stuff pretty soon in the next 10 or 20 years hopefully so Right, yeah. I know when the uh, ray tracing uh, first came out for the RTX cards for PCs, I think a lot of people felt they were a bit underwhelmed by it because it didn't add that much to the gameplay at the time. You know, it's like Battlefield 5. You turn it on, yeah, it looks a little nicer, but you can play it fine. that's the problem, too, with, like, it's... When you have changes like that, it's all about, like, the shock value of seeing it for the first time. But after a while, you just get used to it, just like anything else. You know what I'm saying? But also, yeah, also I felt like over time, uh, as more games were supporting it, like, when Minecraft uh, released their video and their beta version of the RTX version of Minecraft... 
that looked impressive to me. I was like, oh, wow, this is like a totally different game. You well, know? you don't have to do much to Minecraft to make it look more impressive. <laughs> but that's I see what you're true. saying. I mean, well, that's the thing, too. You have something as like Minecraft. Obviously, no one's playing Minecraft for the graphics. They're right, playing right. Minecraft for the experience. Yeah. But there's other games. Obviously, as a video, video gaming as a medium, it's all about the experience. Yeah. But I think there are certain titles that rely more heavily on you know, your AAA games that rely more heavily on you know realistic graphics using like you know ray tracing and things like that. Yeah. But um. But yeah, like I said before too, you know, I think as we progress further into the future you know these things it's just a bunch of little things that are going to make the experience that much more immersive and that much more impressive but like i said too eventually you just get used to it like if you have prime rib every single day for a year you're not gonna like prime rib anymore but you know you might want a hamburger you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying so i think that's just one thing we need as consumers in general we need to keep in mind just like these things they're not going to continue to impress us every single day it's gonna be impressive to see it at first and then that's just the norm you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and yeah it wasn't impressive at first but as more games have adopted the technology well check out this unreal 5 uh demo because it's it it impressed me yeah what was that again the unreal 5 tech demo oh the oh yes i need to check that out i definitely will so um let's see where are my we have my questions now okay Uh, I mentioned the pricing before. The regular PS5 is believed to be $500. Do you think this is too expensive, or will gamers be okay with the cost? How much of an advantage do you think this gives Microsoft, which will definitely have the price advantage here? Um, I mean, if the rumors are true, I definitely think that gives Microsoft an advantage on the pricing front. Um, you know, me personally... I can always look at it, you know, I know there's this huge debate between like, oh, consoles versus PC, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, f- I feel like um, as consumers, you know, we expect a premium product, but for half the price of a high-end gaming PC, which at the same time, we've been conditioned to expect that, you know, we want a top of the line, immersive video gaming experience but we don't want to pay a thousand dollars for a high-end video card and all that we want all that packed into the box and we want it sold to us for a couple hundred bucks and you know i know usually with console launches uh the consoles themselves are a loss leader like they're sold at a deficit but they're hoping that you know people buy enough games and all that stuff to make up for that right yeah yeah it's kind of funny because like the games are like what uh, well triple a title i think it's about 60 dollars for a triple a yeah i heard i think that might be jumped up to 70 yeah, i forget exactly be, yeah. which game it is but i think they announced that it might be 70 bucks but i mean the games have been 60 dollars since i think the ps3 came out yeah so i think people like i said as consumers too they uh hold on one second they uh you know a lot of people complain about things like dlc and things like that and obviously there are predatory and what i consider to be unscrupulous dlc and microtransaction practices but at the end of the day you know for the past 20 years video games have been sold at 60 dollars, and you know obviously people don't want to pay more for games so they're giving the option okay if you don't want to pay more for the game you know maybe you'll pay 10 or 20 dollars for an optional extra few levels or you know weapon skins or whatever something like that 
but you know me like i said me personally you know i can afford to spend 60 70 dollars on a game but not everyone can you know especially with the pandemic you know i know i don't know if you've seen the unemployment rates but like a third of the country is out of work so unfortunately that means you know there's a lot of people that won't be getting the consoles at launch yeah but um and, and of course, I'm a PC gamer, yeah. and we get a lot of games on sale through Steam or GOG a lot of times. That know? is one thing. I, I mean, I've seen the Steam sales, and you'll get pretty good games for like a couple bucks. And uh, but you know, that's I think that's just the the give and take. You know, obviously, every situation you have your pros and your cons. But um, as far as like Microsoft's advantage of having you know the uh, a lower price point potentially, um, I think a big problem with Microsoft is. You know, the Xbox isn't really that popular in Japan. You know, you know, I don't think it's any secret. But for the past three generations, Microsoft has lost the quote-unquote console war. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You know, the original Xbox was obviously the more powerful system than the PS2. But, you know, the PS2 had the better install base. They already, you know, the PS1 was a monster. PS2, I think it's like the highest selling uh, console ever. It's one, it's one of them. You know what I'm saying? Um, as far as like the PS3 and the 360, I think PS3 definitely stumbled out of the gates with the $600 price tag. And they're like, oh, well, you should get a second job so you can buy a freaking PS3. Like, I think that was kind of tone deaf as far as like, you know, but I think Xbox is more popular off the jump. But then, you know, about the red ring of death that happened. So I think that really kind of soured people a lot. And then this generation, you know, Xbox, they stumbled out of the gate again with their pre-launch online strategy and then ps4 just came in and totally hit it out of the park so like i said i think the xbox itself will have an advantage if they are cheaper but at the end of the day it's not about the price tag it's about the games it's about the exclusives it's about you know how they support gamers as far as you know the experience that they're looking for yeah one thing about japan um you mentioned the japanese market they tend to be very loyal to a specific friend uh, i mean a specific brand yeah and um i mean i remember nintendo versus sega back in the day the Japanese largely supported Nintendo, yeah. and um, Sega wasn't nearly as popular in Japan as it was here in the States, you know? Yeah. It was uh, really interesting. I had a, lo a lot of friends who preferred the Sega Genesis over my Super Nintendo. I was a Nintendo guy. Yeah, I was a Nintendo guy, too. I mean, I had both, but I, I, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the not only brand loyalty, but also the exclusives. You know, obviously there's games you can play on PlayStation that you can't play on Xbox and vice versa. And, you know, whatever games are more popular right. on whatever system, that's what yeah. sells that system. And, of course, Japan, like I said, they're super loyal to one specific brand, typically. Uh, okay, so Microsoft is not supporting VR on the Xbox, while Sony is supporting VR. Does this hurt Microsoft at all? Uh, I don't think necessarily. I think, uh, at least for right now, VR is still kind of a niche product. Uh, you know, PSVR, as fun as it is, mm -hmm. it's kind of a pain. You got to put on the helmet, you got to set up the camera, you got to get your little special controllers out. And like I said, while it is fun, sometimes you just want to sit on the couch and pick up a controller and play the game. And I feel like 90% of the gamers, that's kind of what they're looking for right now. Um, I think uh, them not supporting VR doesn't necessarily mean they can't support it in the future like the uh i don't know the switch 
they kind of have a little VR thing that you can do with them now, even though that wasn't really in the plans at the beginning. So, you know, there are things that they can do to remedy that if they do, if VR becomes like the next big thing in the next couple of years, Xbox can definitely make moves to, uh, you know, implement VR onto their own system. Right. And it seems to me like if you want VR, you either get a PlayStation 5 or a PC. Well, you the, know? the uh, PSVR, I think, is the cheapest VR system you can get. I mean, I mean, if you already have a PS4, if you have to buy the system and the VR, then it might be a little more expensive. But, but at the end of the day, it's also, it looks like it. You know, I have it and it's not the best looking picture, but, you know, I'm sure if you play like the Oculus and all that stuff, it looks better. But at the end, like I said, you know, I still think that VR is kind of a niche project. Uh, not sorry, a niche, a niche experience that not all gamers are looking for. You know, I think every so often, you know, like with the last uh, generation, motion control was the big thing, you know? Oh, yeah. So, you know, Xbox, they doubled down on the Kinect. They had it packed into every Xbox One. And then a year and a half later, they just abandoned it because no one cared. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like, you know, there's ebbs and flows with trends as far as like different user experiences that people are looking for. And uh, hopefully VR, because like I said, that's something that I'm into. Hopefully that is something that's here to stay. But, you know, the I think it's the hardware thing. I mean, you just have to, I think you have to make it so you just put on the helmet and that's it. Right. I mean, you know, the the PlayStation VR itself, you know, it's, it's wired still. So that's kind of clunky and this and that. And I know there are premium VR products that don't have a wire, but you know, we're just not there yet on the, on the console side. Yeah. And I know for VR, you really want to have good frame rates too. So you've got to have good hardware to keep those frame rates pretty high or people are going to get motion sickness. Yeah. The frame rates themselves, uh, at least on the PSVR are fine. It's just, it's basically the same as playing a regular PS4 game, but you get that screen door effect. Like, we you know, when you're not immersed in the action, you can definitely see like grid lines essentially. So, yeah. So, uh, the controllers of each system, the Xbox Series X controller only has minor updates, but the the Sony (laughs) Sony is introducing a new gamepad, the DualSense PS5 controllers. Uh, The new controllers are black and white, have haptic feedback in the L2 and R2 shoulder buttons, which are adaptive as well. So, that's like if you're pulling an arrow on a bow and arrow, for example... You can feel it. <laughs> yeah, the tension and stuff. Yeah, you feel the tension. Uh, and the controllers have a microphone inside them, allowing gamers to ditch their headsets, supposedly. Um, I don't know what the quality of the mics are like. What are your thoughts on the new controllers? And just to let everyone know, the DualShock 4 controllers will work on the PS5, but only supported, only four supported PS4 titles. Uh, well, first thing I want to say is this is definitely the biggest change in form factor that we've seen in the Sony controller since the PS1. Obviously, jumping from the regular PS1 controller to the original DualShock was a big change. But each controller since then has pretty much looked like the DualShock. Now, there's been different additions, like the the uh, PS3 came out with the six axes, because like I said, with motion gaming, that was a big thing back then. But they pretty much abandoned that, because I guess people weren't really looking to tilt their controllers around and the ps4 added the the touch pad which is essentially just a map button now like i guess people don't want to use the touch pad to 
select things on their system. But the uh, the haptic feedback and the triggers is pretty interesting to me. Like um, I've heard different things like, well, if your gun jams, you won't even be able to press the trigger. So like I said, it's just those little things that make your experience more and more immersive. Um, it kind of reminds me of the uh, the HD Rumble and the Nintendo Switch. I'm not sure if they're going to be doing something like that as well with the DualSense. But it's interesting, just like there's different parts of the controller that will rumble in different, you know, I guess frequencies or whatever. And it just, like I said, they're just a bunch of little things that add up to a more immersive gaming experience. Yeah, totally. But of course, they're going to have to have more moving parts for that. I wonder how easy it's going to be to break those controllers, you know? Yeah, I'm not really, I don't really break into controllers. I have self-control, you know. Yeah. I have a, actually, I did drop a couch on a controller one time. Other than, <laughs> other than that, I've been pretty safe with my controllers. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just thinking more like internally if someone like pulls on the trigger too hard when. That is one thing I'm worried about. I'm yeah. thinking like, okay, if the gun jams, if if I pull too hard, is it just yeah. going to completely mess yeah. up my controller? Yeah, if someone really wants to get the trigger to move, <laughs> they might be able to press it hard enough where they actually break the thing, you know? I guess, like I said, we'll wait and see. And that also depends, too, a lot on, you know, third-party support of the feature. Right. Like when, uh, like with the 6-axis for the PS3, there wasn't a whole lot of support for that, except for from a few first-party games, you know, from from launch, like Uncharted and like War, uh, what was it, uh, Warhawks. But other than that, there wasn't a ton of support for the six axis, so they completely scrapped it, and then you got the DualShock Three. You know, same thing with the uh, with the PS4. You know, at first there was you know games that took advantage of the touchpad, but then it eventually just became the map button. You know, you just press it, and it brings up your map or your options or whatever. So yeah. So the main difference between the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition and regular is that the regular edition has a 4K UHD Blu-ray disc drive. Uh, the The PlayStation 5 Digital Edition does not. Which do you think you would go for? And also keep in mind, to play the PS4 games on the PS5, you're going to need that uh, Blu-ray disc drive. Um, I think as of right now, uh, there's still a demand for physical media in the gaming space. Obviously, in uh, other media like music and movies, those have gone pretty much digital or streaming. But I think, um, you know, I still think there is a demand for physical media in gaming. You know, me personally, I still buy games. Like, I'll buy a game and I'll beat it in a few weeks and I'll take it back to GameStop and get, you know, my 20, 30 bucks if it's a AAA title. Then I'll get another game if I want to. Um, until I think another problem too, people that they've been uh, hesitant to switch to completely digital. Now it is more convenient, obviously, but you know, if I'm paying the same price for a digital game as I am for a physical game, I don't mind going up the street yeah. to get a to get a game. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So until you know, we as consumers decide, you know what, we're done buying games physically. We want all downloaded. You know, I think then we will, uh, you know, obviously that will inform what the producers of the game systems will release to. Yeah. Do 
you like the music and sound effects we're using on the Joey's Totally Tech podcast? Well, we get the licensing for this music through Epidemic Sound. If you're a content creator creating video on YouTube or other social media platforms, or a fellow podcaster, visit bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic. That's bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic. And you can sign up for a subscription for as little as $15 per month. They have a wide variety of genres of music, as well as sound effects you can incorporate into your content. You don't have to pay royalties, you just pay the monthly subscription fee. Or you can also buy lifetime licenses to particular tunes and effects too. So if you want to use some fresh music and help support this podcast too, check out bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic and sign up for Epidemic Sound today. So anyway, people who buy the digital edition of the PlayStation 5 won't be able to play the physical games. They'll have to go all digital. Do you think future consoles from Sony as well as Microsoft may eventually ditch the the disk drive altogether and go to digital downloads? Or is there still... We already mentioned there's still demand for physical games. Yeah, for right now. But in the future, I think... I think, you know, the younger generations now... They're more used to streaming and they're more used to downloading games. So in the next 20 years, who knows, you know, but um, like I said, presently, I think there's still demand for physical media and gaming. But, you know, then you have things like um, game streaming. Now, that's a thing that's kind of new, but, you know, you have to have a pretty good Internet connection to make that work. Right. You know, this, and then you have like you know you have games like fighting games where you have like you know split second timing that you have to do, and if you have just the slightest bit of lag, that can completely mess you up. Yeah. So I think as far as streaming, um, that'll definitely uh, something that needs that's on the horizon. But mm-hmm. you know we have to have better internet infrastructure overall to make that a viable option. Yeah. You know, if you're out in the on some farm in the middle of Kentucky somewhere. You probably won't be able to do that. Now, if you live in a high-rise in Tokyo, you're all good. But, you know. Right. Yeah, at least they won't be able to do that until Starlink improves their uh, internet connection speeds. I just reported last week, or actually, yeah, the not last week when we put this episode of it. But on the news on this podcast, I reported that Starlink had kind of slow internet speeds right now. Yeah. But uh, Elon Musk says they plan on getting up to a gigabit uh, speed. So we'll see what happens with that. We're supposed to have a Hyperloop, too, but we saw what happened with that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's still kind of being worked on, I think. But I think they're doing like a kind of a testing in Las Vegas to see just a smaller scale. And maybe eventually that'll work on a larger scale. 
Yeah, that Elon Musk, he's got his finger in a lot of pies. Yeah, he has. <laughs> anyway, Microsoft is launching its xCloud game streaming service, Cloud Gaming, as part of Xbox Game Pass. Do you think the future of gaming is in the cloud at all? Uh, I think so. Like I said before, as the younger generations that are more used to streaming and cloud-based services become older, that'll just become the norm. You know, like I said, what we saw with um, with movies and uh, music, mm-hmm. all except for you know for vinyl, physical media is pretty much dead in those avenues. So I think it's just a matter of time for. Uh, for video games as well. Like yeah. I said, for me personally, it's not like I'm in love with um, physical media, but I still see a value in paying a game, buying a game, beating it, and then trading it in for store credit or whatever. Right. But you know, I think as as the services become as, as far as internet, as the internet service providers become more and more uh, reliable as far as what, what they can do with streaming games and things like that, I definitely think it is the future. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they definitely need to improve the latency times because right now there's still a bit too much latency for a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, down the road, if we have like super fast internet, no no real latency between when I hit the button on the controller and when my character shoots the gun. You know that's all it comes down to. Once the experience, you know, matches or exceeds what you can have as far as as far as having the media on your uh console, either via disc mm-hmm. or downloaded, you know, if if it matches up to that, then people are gonna be all in. But until that point, it's like I said, that's still gonna be like a niche product. People with super fast internet yeah, they can go for that, but not everyone has that. So, right. So yeah, there we go. We've talked about the upcoming consoles, PlayStation Five, the Xbox Series X. Thanks for taking the time to come onto the podcast today, Antonio. It was a pleasure having you. Oh yeah, it's a pleasure being here. Yeah, at Casa de Kegel. Yeah, we'll definitely have you on again for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, as long as you want to do it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely had a good. I'm not one of those people that lies and says I had a good time when I didn't. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. And thank you for listening. We will catch you next time.